I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Obicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you latest insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. In this week's episode, we're joined by Dr. Tim Keady to discuss the subject of joining new lambs to lamb one year old. Tim starts by outlining the potential to improve productivity by lambing dojo lambs at a year old, but he also highlights some of the challenges it can place in the system. We discuss the various effects of joining weight of productivity, the use of the ram effect and the management of dojo lambs throughout the joining period. We finish up discussing the knock-on effect lambing year in yields has on the subsequent performance, particularly in the following season. Well, replacements here are a major cost in a prime lamb production, and we've estimated that when a replacement comes into the flock at about 18 months of age for joining at 19 months, that the cost is equivalent to about 25% of the value of lamb carcass that she will produce during her lifetime. So in other words, a quarter of every lamb that you sold goes to the cost of bringing its mother into the flock at 19 months of age. The benefit is that mating your lambs, you're actually increasing the number of lambs produced and the number of litters during their lifetime and thus reducing the cost of replacements. Other benefits include that um, there are more lambs born on your farm annually, uh, you'll increase a farm net margin, and you'll improve the rate of genetic gain. But when you put your lambs in lamb, you must be aware that the progeny from these your lambs will be born that bit later than the main flock. They'll be lighter at birth and lighter at weaning. But our studies here at Athen Rye have shown that even when we're breeding new lambs, that we're able to finish all their progeny prior to the end of the grazing season from grazed grass as a sole diet post weaning until slaughter at an average carcass weight of over 20, 20 and a half kilos. Tim, you're just touching a number of points in that, like, but just to bring you back on one, like, the overall output over their lifetime is higher from those young lambs. You've looked at that in studies, and some would suggest that maybe they drop out of the system earlier. That wasn't what you yes. found. That's not what we found. We're still, still finishing off the end of the study, but the preliminary data would indicate that mating your lambs on average, uh, they, they produce an extra lamb during their lifetime. And the second big factor that affected the lamb output was the genetic profile or the genetic makeup of the replacements. In other words, using very prolific breeds put an extra lamb. So breeding your lambs from high prolific breeds increased lifetime output by about between two to two and a half lambs during their lifetime. Like from an output point of view, when that system runs well, it sounds very positive. I suppose it's, it's a good chance maybe the air of water caution. So, but like, what maybe are the challenges for producers having made you announce you? What would you say are the two or three big things you need to be careful of to make that system work well? The system can work extremely well, but good management is required. And if the major issues that I see is firstly that the lambs need to be at the correct weight at the point of joining, and we can talk a bit more and more about this later on in that weight adjoining will have a big effect on their cyclicity and getting them pregnant. Secondly, on the number of lambs that they, or that they give birth to. Thirdly, on the number of lambs that they wean, to, wean and the weight of lambs weaned. And thirdly, on the weight that they are adjoining uh, at, at, uh, 19, at 19 uh, months of age when they are normally joined as a hoggard. The second important thing is nutrition during pregnancy. And this is a time when people seem to fall down a lot. It's important to remember that when you're feeding a pregnant ewe lamb during pregnancy, during pregnancy, not alone are you feeding to grow the fetus and maintain the yolk, but you're also feeding that she will gain weight. So the, the ewe lamb 
that's pregnant needs to get additional energy and protein uh, relative to an adult ewe at the same live weight. The, the next important point is that you need to have good facilities and that, a point, that comes at the point of joining, you need to have adequate rams, and but more so at the point of lambing, you need to have adequate lambing facilities, particularly lambing pins, because roughly speaking, a yo lamb will spend about an extra day to a day and a half in a lambing pin relative to a mature yo. And then post lambing, I think people need to be aware that when they're managing yo lambs, those that are rearing twins should be managed the same way as an adult yo rearing triplet. So you may have an extra group of sheep on your farm post, post lambing. In other words, that yo lambs rearing, tri rearing twins need to be treated the same as adult yo's rearing triplets. That means they require concentrate supplementation for the five, first five weeks post lambing and their twin bearing lambs should get access to a creep feeder at about 300 grams per lamb per day to take some pressure off the dams. So like, there's a bit more there in terms of input, in terms of feeding, in terms of infrastructure. It's not necessarily going to suit every system, but maybe we just come back to where we are at the moment. Like A large part of that system working team, and you touched on a number of times, is growth. It's getting a target weight right. Maybe you just yes. start by outlining where the target is on how that can how that target figure came around for what weight they should be at joining. Well, the target the way we've we've calculated it here at Achenray is based on an efficiency. And our efficiency is what is the probability of rearing at least one live lamb. And we have found that as you increase the weight of the your lambs at joining you increase the chances of, their, of them rearing at least, one, at least one live lamb when they're lambing at one year of age. So take, for example, we use, we use three different genotypes. We use a Belclair, we use a Belclair across Suffolk, and we use the greater than 75% are nearly predominantly Suffolk. And the reason we picked them three genotypes here was that 55% of lowland ewes in Ireland are Suffolk or Suffolk crosses. And the Belclair, we picked that because it's a prolific breed and a possibly a breed of the future. And currently, there's 10% of the ewes in the national lowland flock are got uh, Belclair genetics within them. We found that if you wanted to have a 90% probability of a yeo lamb rearing at least one lamb, the Belclair would need to be about 48 kilos at the point of joining. A Belclair across Suffolk would need to be about 51 kilos at the point of joining. And the Suffolk would need to be approximately 60 kilos at the point of joining. And the reason the big differences coming in here is that the Belclair is that bit more prolific and have a greater chance of rearing at least one lamb. Also, that would mean that the uh, Belclair would need to be about 56% of, it, uh, of its mature body weight uh, at the point of joining, whereas the Suffolk, whereas the uh, Suffolk would need to be about 65% of his mature body weight at the point of joining. So Tim, like the traditional figure probably in the industry was that 60% of mature weight was the one most went off. What's really driving that difference again is the, is the litter size firstly and then the ability to rear them afterwards or carry. Yeah, the things that are coming into this equation when we're talking about the probability of rearing at least one lamb, you're taking into account lamb mortality, you're taking into the yo the, the lamb mortality, you're taking into account fertility of the ewe, you're taking into account litter size of the ewe, and you're taking into account lamb mortality itself of the young lambs. And also the big difference was there, Tim, and it's, it's blatantly obvious, is mature weight of them different genes of breed you're using is going to be different. Yeah, 
Well, the mature weights of the Belclare is about 77 kilos, and the mature weight of the Suffolk's that we were using was 83 to 84 kilos. So you're talking about six to seven kilos of a difference. So I, like, the key take from that is get them heavy enough, select ones that are heavy enough and well-grown before considering joining them. That's correct. If you have them at the correct weight at the point to join in, that is part of the battle over. The important thing then during the winter is to keep them growing, target about 80 to 100 grams per day. And the objective is that when you house them in mid to late pregnancy, that they're well fed in terms of quality of silage that they're offered and also that they are fed some concentrate. And we would normally feed about 300 grams of concentrate from the point from early January until six weeks prior to lambing. And then we will put them on a level of concentrate which will be similar with an adult ewe producing the same litter size. So it, it'll just give a good guide there, like anyone at the moment, probably a kilo a day at grass is what they're likely to gain. You'll have a good idea how many are suitable for. Tim, like just to move that to the next bit of it, picking that joining date, when they lamb relative to the mature ewe flock, I know some of that will depend on the system people have and facilities to have at lambing, oh, but that, just in terms of cyclicity and... Um, more suitable time maybe to join your lambs. What's your take on that? Well, in terms of cyclicity, the later in the year that you join your ewe lambs, the greater chance is that they're going to be cycling. The, the, the time that you're going to uh, join the ewe lambs will depend on your farm system. It will depend on whether you have facilities to have them lambing in the middle of the main ewe flock, or if you haven't, are you going to lamb them at the end of the ewe flock? The disadvantage of leaving them till the end is that you're protracting the lambing season and also you're losing opportunities from cross-fostering lambs from ewe lambs onto more mature ewes if the more mature ewes have already lambed ahead of you. Tim, it would be remiss me not to mention like the ram effect, particularly with ewe lambs, can have a big impact. You might just explain that to us. The ram effect is another way of synchronising ewes at our ewe lambs at a cheap cost. Uh, it, it's worked, it, it works its mode of action is it's the release of pheromones by the mature rams, so it's both sensory and tactile. The rams can be let into the field provided he's in apron on him for 24 to 48 hours or he can be left in the field beside him. My preference is that he's in the field. How it works in is that if you let in the ram on day one, you can t- 36 hours after the ram is let into the ewes, they will exhibit a silent heat. And someone will also exhibit a second silent heat after six days. And by silent heat, I mean is that the rams are not able to detect it. Uh, that means then that by day 18, after the uh, ram was let into the U, in with the ewe lambs, you'll get your first peak in uh, matings. And day 23, you'll get your second peak in, peak in matings. So to, put, to summarize it, you let in the ram in day one with an apron on them or a vasectomized ram. You can take it out on day two or day three. On day 14, you introduce fertile rams because the reason you introduce them at day 14 is that some ewe lambs can have a short cyclicity period or there may be some already cycling and you want to pick them up. On day 18, you'll get your first peak matings and on day 23, you'll get your second peak matings. Our results in Athen Rye have shown that using this system that nearly 80% of the ewe lambs lambed within a 21-day period and 19, 90% of them lambed within a 26 to 28 day period. If you're using the ram effect, the only caution I would give is that because uh, the, the more lamb cycling uh, uh, or more use cycling, you need to have more rams to deal with them. And some people would bandy about that you need about 15 
you need a ramp for every 15 to 18 ewe lambs that you would have in the bunch. It just brings up another one, Tim, like the general recommendation out there is to use a mature ram as well with them, just because of that possibly shorter estrus and poorer signs of heat. Yeah, some people say that the mature ram might be more uh, active than a, than a ram lamb and he might know more what he's supposed to do. But uh, for me, it's critical that you use a mature ram if you want to uh, induce the ram effect. Using a young ram won't have enough of pheromones and won't induce it. Also, I think that they breed a ram. Uh, some breeds are more active than other breeds. Just like where we are on about the joining period, yeah, like the duration of that joining period, Tim, Obviously, the longer it is, the better the result we're going to get, but there probably is some more caution there in being too protracted as well. Well, if you use the ram effect, you'll be able to get away with 24 to, I mean, 28 to 30 days. And the idea is that they will all start to cycle within, um, have the ram, fertile rams been joined, they will, uh, most of them will have cycled in the first seven or eight days. And if you leave them to get for another 17 days on top of that or 20 days, you'll get to every animal will have a choice of two cycles before you withdraw the rams. Tim, just like to go back on the point you've raised a few times, like they have to be, your lambs have to keep growing, they have to be managed right. Even right the way throughout the joining period and after it, you have to have sufficient supplies of grass in front of them. How important is that, yeah. uh, that system? Uh, it's critical that they've got good supply of grass and they keep growing and your target lie weight gain should be up around 80 to 100 grams per day. And the reason I say that is that you want these animals to keep growing so that they can reach mature body weight uh, by the time uh, are, that they're, their attainment of reaching mature body weight at two to three years of age is not inhibited or restricted because they're gone in, they've been pregnant and produced a lamb at the age of 12 months of age. Tim, just to bring you back on that was a final point, I know you've done some of the work on it afterwards but the impact of lamb and a one-year-old in a system where they're managed correctly how big of a knock-on impact has that on them as 18-month-old hoggets going to ram the subsequent year in terms of weight or condition we, we found that in terms of weight where they produce uh, lambs uh, we found at 18 months of age the ones that had been joined and lamb previously were two kilos lighter than those that had not been joined so there's little or no impact and our, our studies would show that when lambing at 24, at 24 months of age, those that had been joined and not joined previously produced the same litter size and weaned the same number of lambs reared per ewe joined. And in, in, a, in a previous study where we looked at Joe Hoggets and the weight of Joe Hoggets and condition score at joining at 19 months of age, we found that even when there was a difference in new body weight of eight kilos, it had no impact on new fertility and had no impact on uh, Productivity is measured by litter size to follow on spring at the point of lemon. So the, the difference is a mile once you manage it correctly. That's right. Tim, good catching up with you. Certainly something to consider for many producers this year. You're welcome here at any time. Okay, we're going to finish up at this point. Again, joining your lambs to them at one year old, it is one way of increasing output from the system. When managed correctly, it's a great way of increasing overall lifetime productivity. Might suit every system. Joining weight and correct management are key and good nutrition during that first winter is essential to ensure that that young lamb grows and hits our targets the subsequent year. Tim's covered a lot of different aspects of it. Again, I'd like to thank him for taking his time to come on with us today and share his insights in the area. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for any updates from our sheep programme, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chaga Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and listen in to any of our episodes.